Mm. And I do take every opportunity that comes my way, even if I get nervous and I think, oh God, can I, am I really, could I do it? And I think, you know what, how do you learn? How do you better yourself? And it is interesting because, you know, today it's so, everything's focused so much on, on being the best and being the winner and all this. But for me, it is the effort and it's, it's what you get from life, from trying things. Today, I'm talking to ballet teacher and ballet coach, Anita Young, MBE. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Oh, it's so great to, to be able to speak to you after all this time. Wow, you look amazing. Thank you, you too. <laughs> I still remember when you used to do those wonderful South African uh, recipes. Yeah. Uh, your different pies and things. You used to give them to Suzanne, and then yeah. Suzanne used to give them to me. I used to take them home. That used to be our evening meal. Oh, really? <laughs> Fantastic. How is no, Suzanne? I, I, Suzanne is. Uh, she's doing very well. She's um, and and Hanu as well. Yeah. So uh, he's also here in Vienna. Wow. Yeah, Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I always remember saying to Suzanne many years ago when we were talking about places to to go, and, and quite often I say to students, it's nice to have opportunities to be in some of these major companies, but it's going to be your home, and you need yeah. to be somewhere where you're going to be happy uh, with the environment as well as your job, naturally. And I was so pleased that she decided to go to Vienna because it's such a beautiful, beautiful city. I, I danced, know. you know, in 1969. Really? Because in, in those days we used to have British Week and mm. we had a member of the royal family. It was normally Princess Alexandra and mm. she would join us and we did a British Week in Vienna. We did one in Brussels and we did one in Athens. Oh, okay. Yes, it was. Everything was British, you know, um, mm. promoting British products, mm. anything to do with with Britain, and of course, you know, having the stamp of the royal family with us, you know, it was quite incredible. Yeah. But I, I loved it so much. You know, I, I count myself very lucky. You know, what I've well, done in my life. You know. Yeah, but you've got uh, and so so amazing work that you've done, and also, I mean, I just know from Suzanne that. You know, you made a big impact on her in her training and, and yeah, she always refers back to you and things that you've said and, and taught her. So um, teaching, is this something that you um, enjoy doing? I love teaching. I, I must admit, when I was in the company, the last couple of years, I did my teacher's training mm-hmm. and I used to work on a Tuesday and Friday with Nora Roche who taught at the Royal Ballast School, the lowest school mainly. And I mean, she taught me from the age of 12, believe it or not, when I went to White Lodge, and then I went back to her when I was 29. So I had the best of both worlds, you know, as a pupil and as a teacher. And so I used to do all my chikiti work on a Tuesday and Friday, and I was still able to demonstrate, which was good because I could put it in my body. But while I was in the company, I always remember Michael Soames. You know, he was a great repetitor and danced with Margot, as you know. And he used to call me Madame Chiquetti. Really? <laughs> yeah, and he used to say, um, I used to watch rehearsals and he'd say, Madame Chiquetti, he said, 
uh, can you say anything that you want to say? And I thought, oh, God, you know, I'm still quite young, you know. <laughs> so I said, well, if they don't mind, you know, I, mean, I would never interfere with anyone, but if they don't mind me saying, you know, I did have a good eye, at least I, I thought I did. And he'd say, well, say you're a bit uh, young, say it. And then he would kind of wink to agree with me. Uh, really? Then I gave company bars. I used to give company bars in the crush bar and the pit lobby. So it all helped. And then several people said to me, well, I think you're going to be a really good teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I left the Royal Ballet Company in 1981, um, I was given the chance to go to Northern Ballet to become their ballet mistress. Oh, so okay. I worked with Robert to Warren and I was in Manchester for over a year. And then I got really ill and then I came back to London. In fact, I nearly lost my life, but that's another story. I don't really want to talk about that, but I'm very lucky to be here. And I think this, when you, when you, in your life, when you're close to um, a place like that, where, you know, you might not last much longer, it, it just, it, you look at things in a different perspective. You know, I, I, I've always been a positive thinking person and my mother brought me up to be very positive, but I would always sway on that side as to people anything that was negative I would just kind of throw out because mm-hmm. life is so so short and my mum used to say to me, mm-hmm. very true and I say to my students actually you know your life is not a rehearsal mm-hmm. and I know this sounds a bit cynical but she used to say and you're longer dead dear <laughs> <laughs> and you know that was the yeah. that was the um that was her upbringing you know but yeah. uh, I've made the most of that Mm-hmm. And I do take every opportunity that comes my way, even if I get nervous and I think, oh, God, can I, am I really, could I do it? And I think, do you know what, how do you learn? How yeah. do you better yourself? Mm-hmm. And it is interesting because, you know, today it's so, everything's focused so much on, on being the best and being the winner and all this. But for me, it is the effort and it's, it, it's mm-hmm. what you get from life, from trying things and Sometimes being a failure, if you call it failure, I think that's a nasty word, it can actually make you really strong because you just weigh up the pros and cons. You think, you know what, I've learned from this Mm -hmm. and that's going to take me down another path. You've always got choices in your life. And I think as long as you're sensible and you think things through, you normally do the right one, your gut instinct, you know. And you're so right about this because also I think in in ballet training there's such a great pressure on 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 the young children to to achieve so much in a very short period of time and to have Mm. that balance is so important for them. Yeah, and I think also Petra, um, my my I can remember my mother never put that pressure on me. Mm. She just used to say to me, "Enjoy what you do." As long as you're happy, that's all that matters. And if things work well for you, that's good. But not to harper on, you know, I've got to be there. You know, life is a journey, not a destination. And exactly. it's on your journey that you learn so much. I mean, look at me. Um, you know, I retired from the Royal Ballet School and I thought, oh, my God, you know, I'm probably not allowed to say it if you're interviewing me, but I'm <laughs> I'm on the other side of 70, let's put it that way. <laughs> You know, and, I can't. Uh, I, I can't know, believe that. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. <laughs> and you might say, "Oh, well, it's time to, uh, you know, 
take life a bit easier. Do you know, I've had more work offered to me since leaving the school really? than ever before in my life. It's incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm actually booked right up to uh, 2024 at the moment, and I'm still being asked. Incredible. And I think, it, yeah. and I think it's, I think it's, I think it is incredible. I mean, I love yeah. it. I mm. love it, and I do. I love what I do. I love being with people. I love teaching children. I love getting to know people. Um, like I said, you've only got one life, so yeah. you know, live it. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely That's fantastic. I've just come back from Amsterdam. Uh, I met up with two former students there that you may know, Connie Voles and uh, um, Davi Ramos, who's going to be um, taking the lead in Swan Lake, Siegfried, very soon. Lovely young lad, uh, very humble, humble background, very appreciative of whatever's given to him. And, of course, Connie as well, exactly the same. I taught at White Lodge and then at the upper school. And it was just lovely that they gave up their time to come and see me. Yeah, but that shows the impact that you've made on your students. And, I mean, I know that what you have done for Suzanne. So I just know that you have that and and you always kept that balance, you know, in the class as well, and and speaking to them and giving them the idea of this. I think this reality of it's it's not the life, you know, it's not your whole life. It it has to have that balance. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, and to give them that ownership too, when yeah. you're teaching them in class, you know that. It, you never take away those things because mm-hmm. everyone's on a different journey. Like we say, they all learn at a different pace. Some people yeah. learn very fast. Some people are a bit slower. Um, you, you've got to give them time to mature, to talk. I think it was very important. I I, I had a wonderful, wonder, well, I've had great teachers. You know I have. But I always remember Nancy Kilgore, who also taught at White Lodge and the upper school, wonderful, wonderful teacher, and she said to me once, I do such a lot of my teaching, uh, Anita, outside the classroom. Really? Now, I know no. things have changed now. You know, we do live in a different world and we have to be careful, you know, with child protection and safeguarding. But I think where it's possible, you know, you should talk to kids. You should, yeah. you know, what are their interests? What makes them tick? You're teaching a person. You're not teaching just somebody in class doing a piano tondu. There's a person behind this. And it's yeah. very important to connect with that person. You know, find out everything you can about them. That's what I think is important. I know exactly what you mean. And, and you know, my grandfather was a um, a headmaster of a school and he always used to say that uh, if you work with children it's and you make a mistake, it's not something you can throw in the in the dustbin. You know, like if you do paperwork and you make a mistake, you just throw it away and start over. If you're working with children, you know, you really have to think and be be conscious of of their personalities and, and them as human beings. Also, you learn a lot from them, don't you? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm the first one to say I've made a mistake. I mean, I remember last yeah. week something and I thought god that doesn't sound right and I said to them I think I think you know it better than me <laughs> and humor you know yeah, humor yeah. is so important yeah. um but yes always 
always, always, you know, listen, you know, listen to your students, listen to what they have to say. It's, it's so important and be positive about everything. You know, we, we live, as we, as we know, the world, you know, is a very sad place at the moment. There's lots and lots of problems. But I still feel that kindness, support, appreciation, doing good for each other still helps. We still believe in it. And you and I both know, you know, I'm old enough to say from my life, you always remember how someone treats you. Exactly. You might forget a combination, but you'll always yeah. remember how that person made you feel in that mm -hmm. class. Mm -hmm. And did no, you come true. out as though you learned something without fear and without yeah. prejudice and all those things that can destroy somebody? You know, you yeah. can make someone and you can destroy them. Mm -hmm. And just by saying like one word can be very negative and you can carry that all the way through your life, you know? Yeah. But I was fortunate that I did have good people around me that did believe in me, that gave me a voice and gave me a platform. And I think that's why I'm still here now. Yeah, but I I want to ask you now about this. You talk about your teachers and you also now a teacher in this time. Um, is there a difference, you think, in uh, the way ballet is taught nowadays that um what i'm thinking is uh, is it still being taught as an art a form or do you think there's so much pressure now on body you know on body image on on how high the leg can go and um you know more the the acrobatic side of it or, or the gymnastic side of it i don't know how to call it in in a different way but do you think it's still the same type of uh way of teaching uh, difficult subject, this one, isn't it? <laughs> you see, when, when I was in the company, we did so many story ballets. You know, you wore different costumes. Um, people came in all kind of shapes and sizes. There was personalities. It was very much on your projection. Well, you think of Dame Lynette Devalwa, you know, think of her principles, you know, projection out to the audience. Uh, musicality, obviously, you know, right at the top there, and a very strong core, you know, your pelvic alignment. But we were all very quick dancers, I think, at that time, and we were able to do that particular choreography. It suited us. Um, nowadays, we know it's very much on the unitard, which shows the body more, the curves or whatever, and you know, the leg line, the foot line, uh, the turnout. Um, there, there's more choreography now towards that kind of physique oh, okay. as opposed to my day. Mm -hmm. um, I, in fact, I said to someone the other day, I don't think I would get into a company now, really? you know, because mm -hmm. um, I'm quite small. Um, I was never, I would say I was slim, but I wasn't really tiny do you know what I mean and I didn't have flat turnout I had very good legs and feet I think yes good feet and I was very musical and I had a personality but I obviously wouldn't have suited quite a few companies now with the repertoire they're doing um I think it's a it's a shame in a way I hope that we do keep the classics I think it's important I think the audience still love to go and see Swan Lake 
you know, Nutcracker, Giselle, the music, the score is wonderful, to have the costumes, the, the artistry, the communication between yourself and the audience and your partner. I think sometimes, you know, that can get, that can be lacking today, that one just becomes within oneself. In fact, I say sometimes don't dance behind the ghouls. You have an audience, you connect with an yeah. audience. Yeah, I think training has changed. Yes, def definitely, definitely, yeah. And it has got very sort of the high legs. Um, like I said, in some things, it's good. You know, I, I even go back to Ashton when he first did monotones. I mean, there were three people in white unitards and the girl starts off in splits on the floor and then she's lifted into, you know, a leg where it's, you know, the one is pointing at 12 and the other at six. But it, at that time, it suited that particular piece. Yeah. But we had other things that we were doing and we did wear different costumes. So I think the company, we had lots of different types of dancers. You know, we needed character dancers. We needed people that were a little bit more um, stronger in build, you know, to carry off the role yeah. um but I, for me personally i just you know ballet is an art it will always be an art form for me call me old-fashioned but i think it's important to hold on to your heritage as well and that's what i like so much about being at the european school of, of ballet uh the last two weeks you know you can actually feel there is a style and i'm welcome to for my style you know, yeah. uh, from my teacher, Dame Nanette Deval, as you know, was my teacher and she was the founder of the yeah. Royal Ballet. So mm -hmm. I still keep what I think my traditional style. Mm -hmm. And he he embraces this and I think it's great. He will have people from America. Um, he will have people from France and Russia. Uh, he has a wonderful contemporary teacher there who worked with Forsyth and you know I think it's great to have all of these things in the melting pot but you still need to hold on to your identity and I think that's really important. Yeah I, I totally agree and I've seen here um, also at the Vienna State Ballet um, with performances you know when it's classical works the, the audiences really want that you know they really enjoy that. Well First of all, you've got the music, you know, and I, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but, you know, I love music. That's why I wanted to do ballet, because it was yeah. the music. You know, I used to put myself in a dark room when I was about six and play Sleeping Beauty and just imagine, you know, I was on that stage and flitting around like you do. Um, and maybe some of these modern works, we don't quite connect with the score. You know, it might be too heavy in some ways. Whereas if you've got lovely Tchaikovsky or you've got Look at Manon, I mean, wonderful, wonderful score. Wasn't Kenneth MacMillan clever? Wasn't Ashton clever? Weren't, yeah. you know, Jerome Robbins, Balanchine, all these great, great choreographers. They understood music. They understood score. They were inside the music. And I think that's why, you know, we loved dancing. I mean, I used to love being, you know, on the stage doing Les Nos and, Firebird and you know Labiche and all these wonderful, wonderful ballets with these great scores. So mm. I, I felt you know, I was very privileged. Plus, we had Yehudi Menuhin conduct 
um, you know, plays violin for uh, Swan Lake, the second act, and then Sir Adrian Bolt conducted Enigma Variations. Um, so I had incredible people around me. But for me, I just hope that we keep the classics. I think it's so important. And the musicality, yeah. you know, the musicality within the classroom to actually appreciate the pianist who's playing for you, you know, that yeah. it's not going to become a little bit of pipes music, you know, in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we, mu- we must keep this going. We must yeah. keep this going. I actually spoke to a, a pianist uh, just the other day, who a young pianist who um, plays for uh, Cape Town City Ballet for the ballet for the ballet class. Yeah, uh-huh. and we were talking about this, and you know how he had to also get used to the 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 language, the ballet language, and and what to do, and and all, and and he was talking about that, and and how he enjoys, you know, doing this work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I totally agree with you, but now. Um, Anita, I read also that you were involved in a football club or that you were involved in training for football. <laughs> well, I you never, know, never, never, as I said to you, I say yes to everything. <laughs> <laughs> because to me, you know, it's the spice of life, isn't it? The more you yeah. do, and I say it to the kids, the more skills you have, the more you're going to be used in your life. You know, people will say, oh, you can do this, you come along and do that, you know what I mean? But yeah. it, was a, it was many years ago, and uh, my other half, um, he was involved in a, an American football team. And okay. he said, oh, they were having lots of injuries and, you know, he couldn't understand it. And uh, you know and I know that ballet training is, is, the, is the finest in the world. I'm sorry, but yeah. it is. Yeah. And he said, I think we should go along, he said, and, uh, you know, help them. So I said, okay, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we, I was on the pitch. Can you believe with them? Really? All these tall men, you know, were about over six foot. And of course, one said to me, quite right, he said, Oh, you're a little squirt. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, What are you? <laughs> so, what, you know, hands on the hips, you know, what are you going to teach us? And I thought, Well, do you know what? I always like a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a resilient person and I like a challenge. So I thought, Right. Get, get the boots off. <laughs> so got them on the on the ground, working their abs and everything else. My God, they could walk afterwards, I tell you. You know, really? the, muscles, the muscles that they thought they were using, they weren't. And yeah, by mm. the end of the day, it was really strange picture because, you know, in life, one door opens, you know, one shuts and the other opens. Some can slam in your face, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. uh, again, it's up to you, isn't it, with choices. But from that football match... I met this um, Marie uh, called Harvey. Oh, gosh, I can't remember his surname. But yeah. he he was involved with this team, um, black guy, and he was doing a TV series called Fat Club. And it was on ITV. This is going back quite a few years. And he obviously liked me and liked my style and my approach. And he was quite forceful, I must admit, you know, because he was a, a U.S. Marine. Yeah. Uh, and he said, I want you to come along, he said, and help these people. So I went along and I actually did one of the episodes on TV. Really? Fat, you can't say Fat Club now, you know. Yeah. Like, but it was done in the right sense, do you understand? Yeah. And yeah. I got to know him. And that was interesting too. Um, unfortunately, it I couldn't pursue it any further because other, I went to the Royal Ballet School and, you know, things are, you, you can't do other things. So yeah. I had to 
put it on hold. But I'm open. If there's somebody out there wants somebody to help them, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did say to somebody, if I didn't go to the Royal Ballet School, you know, as a teacher, yeah. I probably would have asked if I could go to Chelsea Football Club or Liverpool. Yeah. Um, well, you can remember the Brazilian football team many years ago, the one that I, they won the World Cup. I can't remember the actual year. It was actually a Brazilian ballerina that coached them. Really? Because I know. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, the, yeah, but it just shows you. Yeah, it just yeah. shows you what ballet, the strength, the, the body strength. Um, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And how everything's connected through the whole body. And yeah. also your mind as well, your mindset. And it's so important, as we know. But, uh, no, that was an incredible experience for me. Amazing. I imagine, yeah. But, you know, you were speak, You were saying that you um, you are actually a Jaquetti teacher then. So you you had that uh, background in Jaquetti, the Jaquetti way of ballet. Of well, main, when I was at White Lodge under... Yeah. Um, um, Nora Roche. She was Chiquetti. I mean, oh, we had laws, okay. so we had wonderful. I mean, they were all great teachers, all mm. of them were. And at the end of the day, you don't stand on on stage, you know, line in yourself and say she's Chiquetti, she's RAD. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You're yeah, either a yeah. good, you're either a good dancer or a bad dancer. And I even remember coming out to South Africa in what's it, eighty three, and Pamela Crimes, who I stayed with. And she said to me, she said, if you're going to teach Chiquiti like that, you can go straight back to where you came from. Really? I thought, I've just done 14 hours on the plane, you know, because it was 14 then. And I thought, yeah. God, I've just arrived in Cape Town. And she's just said that to me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. But it was... It was predominantly Chiquetti at that time. Okay. Mm. So I did all my exams with Nora and also being in the Royal Ballet Company with the influence of Ashton, Sir Frederick Ashton, it was very much the Chiquetti style. Oh, I see. And, okay. you know, Ashton always said the, the Chiquetti pour de bras, you know, he advised it should be taught daily or studied daily, you know, and I agree. I completely agree. Um, so it kind of went hand in glove with the Royal Ballet style. Okay. Mm. For me personally. Well, I, I saw a very interesting program where they actually showed the physics of uh, Chiquiti, how connected it is with actual physics, you know, and it's yeah. all explained and how it's, um, it's it's actually a natural way of movement. Yes, and um, and yeah, and I found that very interesting that it's actually actually scientifically yes. um, proven that <clears throat> if you use that technique, then then the body moves in that way. Yes, well, to, for me, uh, the coordinate, like you say, coordination, physicality, yeah. the use of the muscles, just get it's, it, to me, it's logical. It's just logical. Yeah. It just sense. And especially when people are coming back from injuries too. I know my last couple of years, you know, teaching at the Royal Ballet School, I would help quite a few of the kids come back into class after an injury and I would actually do some of the chiquiti work for them. Um, mm -hmm. And you could see how much stronger they were, how much more they were on their legs and just doing that port de bras, as Gashton said, you know, if it's studied every day, You've got everything, you know, your back muscles, the breadth of movement, the shape of the arms, you know, it's it's incredible. You know, it's an integral part of, like you say, your your technique. You know, you put a bra linked to your back, into jumps, into pirouettes. 
um, eye focus, the balance through the top of the spine. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I, I love it and I still I still teach it. Mm. And I think there is um, there is a market for it in the world. And I, I know even at European School of Ballet, I, I did quite a few Chikeshi based classes there and the, the mm. students loved it. Absolutely. Oh, really? mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, but Anita, you are now, uh, seems so busy and you're touring the world or, or going all over. Where, where are you teaching? Um, Gosh, well, I've, like I said, I've just come back from Amsterdam, which yeah. fabulous. Then uh, I'm off to New Zealand um, wow. on the mm. 3rd of April. Mm. And I'm one of the judges at the Alana Haynes competition in Wellington. So that's going to be something then I come yeah. back uh then I go to Korea South Korea to do a competition there in Seoul and then Romania and then America oh and goodness. back to Amsterdam yeah. so my whole year it's is so, yeah oh my diary is full plus I do coaching I help mm-hmm. individuals yeah. Um, yeah I choreograph amazing yeah, yeah I, I choreograph what else do I do? I don't see really? <laughs> <laughs> I <can act> dance. <laughs> and I like football. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and I back Liverpool. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> if there's any supporters out there, apparently they did well at the weekend. So <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> no, oh, I, I will never ever say never. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I say to all my students. Take every opportunity that's given to you. Even if it's not the right thing for you now, that will open a door to something else later because you yeah. never know who you're going to meet. Just okay. like when you're given a class yeah. and you see that the, the, the you know the um the energy might go down and you say, but you never know who's going to walk through that door, girls. You never know. And one yeah. day, one day yeah. I remember I was at the upper school and I said that very thing. And you know the eyes, eyebrows kind of went, oh, you know. Yeah. The door and the door opened, and Kevin O'Hare walked in, and I thought, really? There you go. <laughs> you can never say never. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, but that's true. That's true. Um. Uh. You know that's and it's also uh, uh, I think sometimes uh, the children don't realize that. Uh, time frame you know that everything has to happen so quick but they yeah. don't realize that things have a time and that, that things happen uh, in a time so Anita so what what are the wishes now for you for the future well I've just started a book and it's called A Stone's Throw which has an unusual title but the fact why it's called A Stone's Throw is that I was born across the road uh, from the Royal Opera House Covent Garden not in the police station but behind okay. Okay. 19 Fletcher buildings where the gas lamp is still there so my my whole background my family came from Covent Garden my dad worked in Covent Garden markets a porter my mum worked in a cigarette factory in Lambert and Butler's just off Long Acre so I'm a, a local girl uh, but the reason why I want to uh, write the book is is not just my dancing career in the Royal Ballet School and the Royal Ballet Company, but the fact that I went through so many uh, points in history, you know, joining the company, you know, the Vietnam War, Watergate, 
I, I was mugged gunpoint in Houston. We danced in a riot in Brazil. There were so many things. We had the IRA. I remember in New York, Prince Charles, now the king, uh, he came over. We were doing Sleeping Beauty. We had the FBI up in the in the in the the flies with their guns. We had to have an escort back to our hotel. And I remember Nancy Regan uh, at the end of Sleeping Beauty. Marguerite Porter was the lilac fairy, and her costume and Nancy they got caught the bijous, and suddenly there was an FBI guy there <laughs> mm. <laughs> wondering what was happening. Uh, there were there were so many so many interesting things happening during that period from you know 1968 to 81 when I left the company I stayed with uh, Margot in Brazil I had food poisoning in Sao Paulo she looked after me for a whole week in her apartment uh amazing woman you know incredible uh dancing with Rudolph incredible uh mm -hmm. getting to know all these people yeah. very very well um so many of my students so miss young why, why don't you write this down because yeah. you know it's important when mm. when you're i mean i'm not going to be around forever but mm. there'll be things that they would find interesting you know reading along the way Absolutely. I'm, not, I'm not a great celebrity but i do have a story to tell exactly no but i uh, think it's so important that you do that yeah, I think so too. And mm. even if it's not published during my lifetime, I have a grandson. I mean, he's coming up to yeah. four years old. You never know. In the future, yeah. I might come across and say, oh, look at what my grandma did. Oh, this yeah. is interesting reading. Do we know this happened in the 60s? You know, um, so. And it's, yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah I think it's so important also that we know about this, uh, what, uh, you know, what you had the life you had as an artist and what it was like that time that you were in the company. And I mean, you also mentioned previously about the British weeks that you yes. had and that you, yeah, that's yeah, just so amazing. In 69, yeah. I came up to Vienna and mm. it was Princess Alexandra. Uh, she, she was our hostess. And mm. um, so it was all British food products plus mm. the things that we did, you know, I can't remember the actual um, ballets that we did at that time, probably the classic, you know, Beauty or yeah. something. And then mm. we did one in Athens. We did a British week in Athens. And then we did a British week in Brussels. Okay. So, yeah, and it was always a royal um, member of the, the family to come with us. So, yeah, that was that was brilliant, you know, fantastic. And then yeah. we got to know them. Uh, especially Princess Alexandra, you know, got to know her as a person rather than just, you know, the royal family there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, of course. And also that you talk about uh, Margot Fontaine and that you can tell from your perspective you know her because we also just know what what we read, you know, what and, and you've had, you've known her as a person. She was one of the most generous human beings. <laughs> Really incredible. I, I even remember when I was eleven, and I danced in Rudolph's very, very first performance in in London at Drury Lane Theatre. It was a gala for the RAD, and um, you know he had just defected from the cure off. Um, Margot was all dressed in her Spectre La Robes costume, and she came down to the auditorium at the Drury Lane Theatre. We were sitting in the auditorium, the little girls that opened the the the, the, the evening. And she was talking to Ashton 
and she kind of clouded our, our, our view of the stage. And I remember her, I remember it. Really? And I, I remember saying to you a while ago in the interview, you never forget yeah. how someone makes you feel in your life. And yeah. I was 11 and I'm, what, nearly 73. And I remember her turning around. She looked at me, but I know she was directing it to the girls, all of us. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm really sorry, children. I won't be two minutes. I just need to have a chat with Sir Frederick Ashton, and I'll be out of the your way so you can see the stage clearly. Really? I thought, my God, here was a yeah. great artist, a great human being who didn't have to say it at all to us, you yeah. know, but she did. She mm. took the trouble because that's the kind of person she was. Mm. And even... You know, my mum wrote her a letter thanking her for looking after me in Brazil. And I thought, oh, I was so embarrassed. But oh. that was, my mum was a mum, you know, bless her yeah, heart. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, when I left the company, Margot phoned me at home and she said, I, I'm, I'm holding a little tea party uh, at my brother's apartment in Knightsbridge because his name was Felix. And I'd like you to come to the tea party. And I said to her, I was, I was pregnant at the time with my son. And I said, but. I'm nobody, you know, I've left the company. And she said, yeah. you are a somebody and I want you to oh. be there. And she greeted Amazing. me at the door. She greeted really? me at the door. And I went there and I thought, you know what, this, what mm. does this say about a person? Exactly, exactly. What does it say about yeah. a person? Yeah. Um, and then funny enough, when I had my hip replacement and I was off for, you know, four months, a friend of mine was talking about Jalal Ashgar. Now, Delal was the lady who brought us out to Brazil in 1973. And they said that Delal was in town and it would be nice if we all met up. So mm. I went to see Delal at her hotel in Mayfair. And of course, we hadn't seen each other since I was a dancer in the company. And while we were sitting there, we were talking about Margot. And she said, you know, Nita, she was so fond of you. She looked upon you as like her little sister. And, you know, I just burst into tears. Oh. As old as I was, then, I just burst yeah. into tears because mm. obviously she could never say that to me. You know, yeah. times were different then, but that's mm. what she really felt. And yeah, when I look upon and you have and yeah staying, staying with her in the apartment, her asking for me to be at that tea party when I was nothing to do with the company anymore. You know, yeah. she's still I was still there. Anita, you have to write about these things. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. No, no really. Sorry. You have to write about this. Yeah, you because to me, love. It's about love. Exactly. The true sense of love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Caring. Mm. Caring caring for people. Mm. And no matter where you are in society, in life, you know, it's not about your job. It's not about you having some kind of accolade. It's how you are with people. It's how people make you feel. Yeah. And I think that's what you hold on to. You hold on to that. So you're, you know, your time's up. Yeah. Always. And that's how I felt about Margot. Um, she didn't have to do any of those things, but she did. She found time. She found time to do it. With all her, you know, busy schedule and her life and all her commitments, as you know, but she still found time. I think it's really important that you write this book and, and I think it's important also, um, I think your students were also, I mean, you've had so many students during the time and I think it's so important that you, um, or that they also read about you and, and your story. I think it's, um, that would be great. You have to really write that book and you have to let me know. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I would do a signed copy and get and present it to you. And okay. Suzette. Yes. And Suzette. Yes. That would be, yeah, that would be amazing. She was was a wonderful student, you know, incredible. They were great times, had great times Mm. there, great times. Yeah, I remember you as her teacher very well. And um, from the first, I think from the first year that she went to the Royal Ballet, you were there. And uh, yeah, she has very fond memories of you and, and you've made a real big impact on her. Her, her career as a dancer or a life as a dancer. So thank you very much for that. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. I remember the last time we were together was in Russia. That's right. She danced the Rhapsody part of her with a lovely boy, Australian boy, and I'm trying to, Evan, I think his name is Evan. Evan. Evan, yeah, yeah. I know just before she was going on, she had a little bit of nerves like we all do. It was a big gala, you know. And I said to her, I just, you know, calm down. You're going to be fabulous. You know, just go out there and Mm. enjoy it. Mm. Embrace, you know, the theatre, the people. It was amazing. And she was wonderful. Well, they both were. They were amazing. It was such a credit to her and you and to Ashton, Ashton, you know. Yeah, yeah, but you know, but she can. She still remembers that, and and she's, you know, I think that was one of the highlights for her. That that part of her that she did, yeah. and of course, she knew Evan very well, and uh, yeah, yeah I think that also helped. No, she was incredible. Thank Absolutely, you. I will, I will, I will tell her. You said yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I was this, out this there. Mean a lot to her. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think this is the the teacher that you were to Suzanne specifically. She always remembers you, and she always talks so fondly about you. So thank you for for what you've done for her as well, and what you've meant to her as well. It's been an absolute pleasure, and thank you for this interview. No, thank you, Anita. This was really for me so lovely to talk to you. Bless you, Petra. Yeah, thank absolutely. you, Anita. Mm-hmm. Love you, Bye. Bye.